This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda on Jazz FM. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Craig Ellum joins us from Oanda. Very good morning to you. The Chancellor is telling us something that we know, don't we? There's a significant risk of a significant recession. I mean, we, we've been knowing this for months, haven't we? We have, but uh, we don't know just how bad it's going to be, and we still don't mm. know fully. Neither does he, of course. To last. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, and what the latest data tells us, it gives us some insight to just what type of impact uh, even uh, a short um, uh, restrictions on the economy will have. This lockdown has been severe. The lockdown actually started um, in the last week of March, uh, and yet we saw the worst month-on-month um, slowdown uh, on record. The records began in 1997 on the month-on-month readings, uh, and we saw, I think, a 5.8% contraction from March to April. In that time, the the economy was locked down by by one week. Uh, you can only imagine what April was like on the numbers. Uh, that meant we had a two percent contraction uh, across the first quarter, uh, and it means that the second quarter's read numbers, the April numbers that we get in a month's time, are going to be um, incredibly incredibly bad. And when we were looking at OBR forecasts uh, a few weeks ago, saying to saying that we could see a 35% contraction in the second quarter. That now looks perfectly feasible based on the data that we've had. The question now uh, for the Chancellor and the question now for the rest of us uh, and what we have to try and avoid is going to is, is going to be for that to be prolonged. So you can now start to understand why, despite the heavy criticism uh, from some quarters, the government is trying to reopen parts of the economy that they believe that can cope uh, with the coronavirus as long as people adhere to social distancing, etc., because the damage that's being caused by it is extreme. Uh, on broader thoughts, um, my thought about this is always, you know, who's going to pay? And we are going to pay one way or the other, aren't we? That's the other big question. Well, that's what the reports uh, yesterday uh, suggested uh, with regards to how is it that we are going to uh, almost uh, to effectively pay off this debt. Countries around the world are going to be far more heavily indebted than they were beforehand, whether that's Italy that previously had a debt-to-GDP ratio of 142%, which is now expected to be closer to 160%. The UK, which is borrowing vast sums, which is going to see its debt rise by maybe 15 to 20%. New Zealand, which had a very low debt level, uh, which is going to rise to a moderate one, which we'd all be envious of at this point, but their debt-to-GDP, I think, was around 19% prior to this. Uh, everyone is going to have a heavy debt to pay for it, and then, therefore, this has to be paid back. Governments are going to look for ways to try and uh, tighten the purse strings in order to pay this back. Reports yesterday suggest that's going to come from rises in income tax, maybe VAT, um, freeze on, uh, on on wages, public sector wages uh, for two years, uh, and, um, and a few other measures. This is going to just effectively bring back austerity. The question is for the government is, do they really want to bring in austerity at a time when the economy is also already going through quite well, a severe c- shock. P- p- absolutely. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, what, what can you actually can't, you can't twist and twist and twist until the, the juice runs dry after a while, doesn't it? And then you have to start about new things. And you know, I'm sure that if there, if there were any new things around, they would have been brought into battle right now, don't you think? Exactly. And like I say, they have to just weigh this up. Um, there was nothing in the report that I saw that suggested that it was going to come in immediately. So they quite, it is going to be a question of timing. They're going to want to get the economy back on a, a relatively sound footing. 
as we've spoken about before, while a lot of the unemployment numbers that we're seeing right now are going to be temporary because of the furlough scheme and that people are going to return to work in many quarters. There's many quarters where yeah. people aren't going, to, aren't going to return to work. That's not the time to be imposing austerity. The- it, seemed like, it seemed like quite a crowded, as far as London was concerned, and quite a crowded return to work um, yesterday. I take it you've not as it were, been back into the office. But are you thinking about it? Because we'll take you as an average worker if we can, just for the moment. To be honest, it's hard to take me as an average worker because I'm one of the one of the fortunate ones who have been able to work from home for the last uh, six weeks and will continue to work mm. from home for the foreseeable future. I have right. no okay. intentions to return to the office in the near term because I can avoid it. Uh, there's many people who don't fall into that category who are having to now uh, travel into the city or travel into various cities around the country who are going to be travelling into various cities around the world. Uh, and, and it's going to be an extremely difficult situation to manage because, as you say, the images we saw yesterday from the tube, it's not what we want to see. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm just glad that I'm not one of the unfortunate people who are having to make that commute every day. But again, as I said earlier, how do you manage a situation where the uh, economic impact is so devastating? Because the last thing we want here is firstly to go through the, the human tragedy that is the coronavirus and follow it up with uh, a depression uh, because unemployment spikes, because businesses do fall eventually and because government support isn't enough to actually see it through. This is an extremely difficult situation. And like I say, it's an unenviable task for governments around the world. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'd do. That, that's the job you really not want right now. Uh, just before we hit the United States, I just want to get one more about the UK, if we may. And this is about um, the proposal to introduce uh, tariffs on, or rather cutting tariffs um, on US um, agricultural imports. Now, um, we've, we've been here many times before. We know what all the farmers in Britain think about that and we're not MPs in vulnerable constituencies and all that kind of thing think about it as well but this is the way that trade talks go isn't it is this just a a kite in the wind do you think because it would be a very very considerable move if that were to happen it would be a considerable move but it depends what tariffs are cut ultimately and what 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 areas that they target Um, we've got to remember this is an extremely large market and it doesn't necessarily have to have negative implications for any large sections of the UK but then it is obviously a politically sensitive move as well so it's gonna they're gonna have to be very careful the flip side of that is if you want to trade deal with the u.s then you have to can make concessions somewhere and it seems that there's certain things which the u.s are interested in and if we just say no to everything these are going to be very short trade talk trade talks and it seems that now more than ever these trade talks are extremely important because the the alternative if these talks fall apart from the uk government is to go back cap in hand to the eu and ask for a nice trade deal uh, by the end of this year so um which is I, not I gonna feel happen like, yeah Exactly. So I do feel like this is the route that we are going to go down. Perhaps this is something that they would be prepared for from the start. Maybe they have areas where they believe that the US isn't going to, uh, uh, cutting tariffs with the US isn't going to be overly um, impactful on UK farmers. Like I say, I'm not, I don't know the ins and outs of UK farming and US farming, uh, but I'm sure the de- more and more details will emerge as it has throughout this uh, sure. entire period. Okay, let's 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 nip over the pond um, metaphorically to the to the United States. And yesterday, um, people like you were looking very very closely at what Jay Powell, the chairman of the Fed, was going to say. You were wondering whether or not he would approach the subject of negative interest rates. Well, he did a lot more than that. He bat- batted that away. But he was quite. I mean, it was almost into politics, wasn't he yesterday? He was. I mean, I, we're seeing this a lot more around the world. There's there's, there's been a long time where. Uh, governments have strayed away from talking about 
what the central banks are doing the central banks have strayed away from fiscal policy it's just been the kind of this is the gray area you don't really go into and that seems to have completely changed now over the past couple of years we've seen obviously donald trump repeatedly criticizing the federal reserve something that wouldn't previously typically happen and now we are seeing a lot more central banks uh, putting pressure on governments to do more fiscally this isn't just the u.s uh, christine lagarde has, uh, is doing it in europe Mario Draghi before her, Mark Carney uh, towards the end of his uh, uh, time in the UK was in, indicating that the UK uh, may, may do more. Uh, and we are seeing it more and more around the world. So the fact that he's pushing for more fiscal stimulus just shows how, how much is needed. We've already seen $3 trillion of uh, fiscal stimulus in the US. The Democrats put forward a bill for another $3 trillion, uh, uh, late last week, I think. And uh, that was that was flatly rejected by the, the Republicans, but obviously in, in a country like the US, the bipartisan bill is needed. So there's probably uh, room for negotiation here. Uh, but yeah, the negative interest rates is significant. But as I said earlier this week, I, I just don't really see that as a, as a starter, to be honest. I feel like um, that is uh, extremely unlikely in both the US and the UK uh, and that other more creative um options are needed we've seen plenty of those though from both countries so i don't expect that the central banks are done okay just craig just before you go give us 30 seconds on the markets if you would please yeah so we saw a sell-off actually yesterday in, in response to jay powell's comments because of rejecting interest rates uh, in negative territory because of the push on government etc we did see markets turn uh, a little bit south yesterday so uh, that's certainly going to be one to watch it does seem that the the steer the, the kind of we we're seeing the wind out the sails of the rally over the past few days so we'll see if that continues news obviously um so that is going to be an interesting one to watch and obviously oil prices continuing to creep higher um we're seeing yes. uh, finding some balance um so yeah i mean it, it, it's still quite extraordinary times let's face it in these markets indeed so craig for the moment thanks very much indeed craig Ellen there is market analyst at oanda this is a business breakfast with oanda on jazz fm online trading currency data money transfers 